RTS podcast starts right now. Welcome to another installment of the RTS podcast presented by GT Transport LLC live here from the Lightspeed Equipment Studios. Mark and Mike here, episode 88. Double eights. Dude, double eight. It's a big number. Who comes to mind? Uh, Junior. Yeah, Junior a lot. Daryl Waltrip, Mountain Dew Car? No, that was before my time. I mean, you probably just watched that full season last weekend. Stop. (laughs) Stop. I'd have to say probably Freddie Raymer. He had that 88 car, sprint car for a long time, and that was his number in the red car. So I'd always, I don't know, reminds me of that. No, 88, man. No, we're just, we're moving up the ladder. Dude, it's insane. Flying. No, it definitely is. And uh, I think uh, for at least the foreseeable future, I mean, we've got, uh, we got some guests line up. It's kind of going to be a little bit of a youth move- movement here. I agree. Uh, so we're, we're super excited about this uh, episode. We're going to keep it short and sweet here on our end just so we can get to it so you guys can hear it. Just a couple announcements on our end. We did announce that a bunch of our sponsors were coming back, and another one jumped back on board. JJ's Outpost Bar and Grill, welcome back to the show. Awesome. Nope, they are back. That's our favorite place to go after the races. Yes, it's it is. just conveniently located right down the road from good old Cedar Lake Super Speedway. We could maybe be there in 31 days right after practice day coming up. I cannot wait. We are not practicing. Anything is possible, Mark. We will not be racing April 8th. You never thought I'd be winning money betting on basketball either, so anything is possible. No, I didn't believe that either, but we'll save that for an unorthodox <laughs> episode. I don't, I mean, there's a little bit of basketball talk in this interview, but not about the extent of it we're going to get to. Oh, man. Like I said, if you're looking for a place to go to before the races or after the races, JJ's, man, you got to go there. Good pizza, good drinks, friendly staff, you name it, they got it all. Pull tabs, slot machines, pool tables, a-holes. Dude, it's a fun place to go to. No, it definitely is. Welcome back at JJ's Outpost Bar and Grill. And then uh, we just wanted to get this out here right away since uh, because Mike's just so optimistic that we're going to be racing in 31 days. Uh, the RTS bonuses will be back in 2023 through RTS. Uh, we will have the updated logo, so we will have new stickers available. And how this whole ordeal goes down, stickers are $5. Five bucks. Pretty easy, pretty simple. And what we do with that $5 for the purchase of the sticker that needs to be on your car to be eligible, just a little, I don't know, what would you say, a little six-by-six six sticker? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's its very small. It shouldn't shouldn't adhere with the the paint scheme or the wrap or, you know, any of the sponsors. We'll just put us out of the way, you know, as long as we're visible. That's all we ask. Yep. And uh, get the sticker on there. Well, the $5 that... Uh, is that you guys use to buy the sticker will go into a driver's fund. We're not taking any of that money. No, it's all going back to the drivers. Plus, we have some extra funds that are being allocated as well, so it's a little bit of uh, you get to buy in, and we're going to do a bunch of bonuses all year. We did a, uh, I don't know, what would you say, maybe probably a dozen, 15 bonuses last year? Yeah, something like that. And it's between the UMSS wing cars and the UMSS tr- uh, traditional sprint cars. Yep. And uh, we're going to, you know, some nights we'll have two, one, some nights we'll have one for the wings, one for the non-wings, uh, depending on what's going on. We had some like school bus night. We did back of the bus award. Yep. Uh, I know for 
the weekend that 9-11 came around, we uh, did bonuses for the 9th and 11th place finishers. So we always try to find some way to incorporate it with what may or may not be going on. Just have a little fun with it. You know, they might be 25 bucks, 50 bucks. We had a couple $100 bonuses. Yep. Uh, we had some people chip in as well. So it's kind of cool. A good way. Get you guys involved there. We get everything posted on our page. So it's a lot of fun, guys. So the old stickers are out. The new stickers are in. They are $5. That money goes back to the drivers. And once we have them, you can get a, get us uh, get them from us from at the track. Find Mike or I or my wife, Taylor. We'll have them. Look for the RTS Speedwagon rolling around in the pits at uh, good old Cedar Lake. Yeah. Can't wait, Mark. And uh, I'll Venmo you that 5 bucks. Thanks, man. Yep. Anything. Appreciate it. So <laughs> we're going to keep announcing that just so it stays fresh in everybody's mind so that you guys know we'll probably be doing bonuses whenever opening night may be. We got to do one opening night, right? Got to happen. Definitely does. So RTS bonuses back in 2023. But that's enough from us. Yeah. Let's get to the interview. Let's do it. This week's guest is presented by the Fast Factory Foundation. And it's, uh, it's like I said, it's a youth movement here right now in RTS. It is. Uh, 17-year-old, freshly 17 years old, just back in January, driver of the number eight super stock, Matthew Larson is joining the show this week. Just two years into his racing career, already had a plenty of ups and downs in his, you know, on and off the track, plus plenty of stories from being on the road with his dad racing. It, it was a ton, it was a ton of fun having him here in the studio, and I, we literally cannot wait for you guys to hear it. Absolutely, BMA driver, super stock driver, plans on running a lot of races next year, and you'll hear it all here. Absolutely. So here it is, guys. Driver of number eight super stock, Matthew Larson, joining us here in the Light Speed Equipment Studios. They call him the Baby Bomber, Matthew Larson. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Oh, not much. How are you guys doing today? Not too bad. A little bit of a gloomy afternoon here in the great state of Minnesota. We do have the NASCAR race on, so that's going good. It sounded like uh, when you were here, we were just kind of BSing before you uh, before we went live here on the microphones. Uh, it looks like the uh, NASCAR Fantasy League is doing very well for you. You know, I could be talking uh, some some stuff about Terry here, but uh, you know, I'm not gonna not gonna do it. But uh, you know, he's probably down last in the league right now. But we're not gonna go that far. So. Uh, Somebody's got to be at the bottom, so if Terry's down there, you know you can hear him. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the thing is, he's the one that not watches NASCAR every week. You know, I'm kind of shocked by that a little bit, but uh, not a knock to Terry, though, so. So shots fired across the bow. Uh, Terry Golly, GT Transport LLC, presenting sponsor of the RTS podcast and a sponsor of your hot rod as well. Uh, but shots fired. Apparently, Terry's not good at his fantasy NASCAR picks. He might need to go to the garage. I don't know. Right. Well, it's like our buddy Nate's got, you know, we're in his fantasy league. He's not very good at it either. So sometimes people that run it, they just do it for fun. They never want to win. I definitely think that he wants to win. I just, uh, there's some days that I question what he picks. Uh, you know, I don't talk to him very much about it, but, uh, last time I checked, he was last in today's. So, uh, no shots to him though. Uh, he's, he's a good dude, so I can't complain about him. So what you're saying is, is probably a starting five was like Dale Earnhardt senior, Dick trickle, uh, Sterling Marlin and the Labani brothers. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh yeah, something that would gain about zero points. That's something that he'd probably go for right about now. <laughs> it's probably better than he'd be doing right now. So <laughs> nice. Oh man, no, we got the race on right now. Looks like they just wrapped up stage two. Old Willie B still in the lead here. So hopefully, uh, it's a good day all around. We've all got fantasy NASCAR leagues. That's what I thought was pretty cool about it. Is you're like I'm, I'm killing it in the fantasy NASCAR league. Me and Mike got the fantasy league going on, man. It's uh, yep. do you watch a lot of NASCAR? Or do you just do it because it's just something to do? I didn't watch NASCAR until about like last year. 
Okay. Uh, my girlfriend got me into it pretty good at the end of the year. Uh, we were both really competitive at the end of the year when uh, we made NASCAR playoff brackets for some reason, kind of like a, uh, a March Madness bracket okay. in uh, NASCAR form. And uh, she won, and uh, she's still been hanging it over my head since. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping to get that one back this year. That was oh. a, that was a devastating loss there on my behalf. So, All right. Well, I'm just going to tell you right now that I bef- before I got into these other leagues, I used to do a NASCAR Fantasy League, and my wife was in it. And there were some weekends, and she may or may not have won the championship once. They will never let that down, man. Never. I'm just telling you right now. Just be prepared. Like, depending on the longevity of this, it's never going to go away. You know, I I don't complain about it. I mean, I am beating her in fantasy right now. So, uh, you know, April, you can, uh, you know, I'm not too mad at you, but uh, you can stop holding that over my head now, please. Thank you. Well, there you go, man. We're just kind of, kind of getting on that. Uh, you're a pretty young fella, man. Like I, you know, I knew who you were. I, I've, I've known the name. I've seen you race at Cedar Lake, but we never had a chance to meet. And uh, I'm out in the parking lot at Tool Bingo last Saturday night, uh, trying to stuff this wing panel on the back of my truck. Nice. <laughs> just looking like a, just like a. I'm just helpless. I don't. I can't get it back there. You know, I got a crew cab, short box. You know, just not enough room. Yeah. And uh, Matt comes up to me and he's just like, "Hey, man, you like, you, you need a hand with anything? You know, you." Uh, he's like, "I could totally like grab, put that in the back of my ride and bring it for you." I'm like, "Who is this? Because <laughs> it's dark out. I've never, we've never met. You know." And uh, he formally introduced my, introduced himself to me, and we got to chit-chatting a little bit, and that's how we came about today. So I appreciate the offer. I got it stuffed back there, as you can see. I might have bent it up a little bit, but we got it here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit bent, but, you know, as long as you got it here, I think that's all that really matters at the end of the day, to be honest. It is all that matters. We got it. We got it here, man. It's, it's here. It's ready to rip. It's hanging in the studio, but I appreciate it. And I'm glad it actually worked out. It's just kind of one of those... Uh, Weird ways on how people meet and whatnot. Because, like I said, I've seen you race at Cedar Lake. Um, obviously, you know, we all know your dad. You know, you're pretty prominent in the racing world, local racer, we're racing with the World Outlaws and everything. But um, just kind of hitting on you. I mean, how old are you right now? Uh, I'm 17 right now. You know, it's kind of an odd age, to be honest with you, because it's like you're one year before 18. Yep. And then it's like you don't really want to turn 18 at the same time, but you also kind of do because you get a little bit more like freedom to do what you want. Yes, definitely. So 17. So that would have put what? So that was what? 2007? 2006. 2006. What the hell was I doing? What were you doing in 2006, Mike? I graduated in 2006. Oh, my God. I got my driver's license in 2006, man. It's unbelievable. So you're youngster. I mean, you're you're fresh. Like you said, that awkward age before 18, you know. Right now, technically, you can't vote. You can't go to the casino. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I recently just turned 17, correct? Yeah, uh, early January, January 12th to be exact, actually. Good grief. Nice. 17 years old. Unbelievable, man. Uh, obviously, it's a fresh 17, but like you said, 18 is just around the corner. Is there anything you're looking forward to about 18? Honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to just like being able to go do my own thing, you right. know, live my own. Once high school's over, I don't have to worry about school anymore. Okay. Just, you know, work a job, work on race cars, you know, it's kind of what I'm looking forward to, to be honest. Okay. So still in school. So is, are you wrapping up your senior year or are you going into your senior year next year? Uh, I'm going to my senior year next year. So junior right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you playing any sports or anything? No, I'm a big basketball fan. Right on. Uh, I used to play it. Back in my uh, my middle school days, uh, my team was pretty good. Actually, we uh, 
Yeah, we're pretty good. We uh, beat a lot of teams by like 40 just because the teams were pretty bad that we played against. Right but, on. Uh, when it came to playoffs, we were all we were all right there. So I uh, can't really complain about that part. Okay, were you playing like AAU ball or just playing through school? Just playing through school. I played a little bit of traveling, but you know, not nearly as much as I probably should have. But when it comes to now, just sports aren't really the same as what racing is to me. So uh choose to go with racing instead. Are you still watching a lot of ball to this day? Big Timberwolves fan? Gopher fan? You know, I'm kind of a Timberwolves fan right now. All right. You know? Timberwolves fan. I've always been a hard Suns fan, you know? Ooh, Phoenix. Since, since a long time ago, I've been a big Suns fan. Back, like, the year before Booker dropped 71, that was when I started watching them, and I was like, yeah, man, the Suns are kind of my thing. I like them, and now they're, uh, now they're the super team, so I uh, can't really complain about that. I was going to say, what are your thoughts about Durantula going to Phoenix? That's got to help your team out a little bit. Yeah, it kind of does. I mean, it kind of hurts to lose the players that we lost, but at the same time, you know, it's like, I mean, you're gaining Kevin Durant. How could you be mad at that? You really can't be right. one of the best players in the NBA right now, as long as he can stay healthy, of course. Yeah, I mean, obviously health has always been an issue with him, but I mean... Still, I mean, you can never complain with how good he plays either, you know? I mean, one of the most dominant shooters in the league to ever touch the court, actually. And, uh, you know, you can never complain about having that on your team. Senior year coming up, man. Like, what are you looking forward to with the senior year of high school? Uh, Well, you know, I'm online, actually. You are? So what's kind of nice is uh, right now I'm just kind of doing my own thing every day. Nice. Which kind of helps me be able to be at the shop a lot. No, I'm kind of looking forward to my senior year because, like, a lot of my friends are going to be seniors. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun because I get to hear about their experiences at school when I just get to sit here and laugh at them because I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> Lucky. There is nothing wrong with that because I can tell you that I'm a high school dropout. I ended up doing, like, my junior and senior years on high school or online, and I was kind of the same way, man. Like, you know, all, all your buddies are at school and whatnot. But, like, how my high school worked is I was still able to, uh, like, show up and go whenever I wanted. Because we had shop class still back then. I don't know if that's still a thing in high school anymore. Yeah, it is. Okay. I, I had one last year. Uh, okay. It was kind of fun. Last year, I had a class full of just complete screw-offs uh, in shop class. So one of my friends was in it, and uh, he had a few other friends in it, and uh, that was probably the most fun class I've had in, in my life. It was like we just sat there and screwed off the whole time. We didn't we didn't really do much in shop class that was related to shop, Okay, but we did have some fun in shop class, I'll tell you that much. Shop class is the best. It was a lot of fun. Did you have shop class back in the day, Mike? Yeah, I think we had like we had like welding, small engine repair, and yep. shop class. So it was. Uh, I think I took all three of my junior year. So it was. Uh, it was fun, man. Those are some of the memories that I do remember from school. Do they still have a small engine? Did you do you have a small engine option? I think we do, but I think it's offered to just juniors and seniors. Okay. Also, it's kind of funny about that shop class is uh that teacher that teaches shop was Woods when uh, my dad was there. He knew who I was, and he didn't like me very much because my dad was the screw-off of, uh, of that class. <laughs> Thanks, so, Dad. Uh, but the thing is, though, if that old shop teacher was there, I heard that he had, like, buffets at lunch every day, so you could just get out of lunch and go to his class. Not wrong with that. You know, I heard nice. that they cook ska- uh, steaks every day, and, uh, you know, they have a they have a Kowalski's right across the street from the school. So uh, Perfect. You know, they just go over there and buy, buy food for a cookout and have cookout at lunch every day. Man, this is, I'd, I would go back and do high school again. Dude, I had a dream about going back into high school, and I couldn't remember my locker number, so that was my biggest thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could go back and do it. No, it's uh, it feels like it was forever ago. It does. It really does, man. So doing the online deal, like you said, gives you more time to kind of do your own thing and 
uh, you, you working at the shop and whatnot. I mean, it's a lot of uh, a lot of. I mean, you're talking about waiting to 18 and freedom. It sounds like you got a ton of freedom right now. It's it's kind of a weird dynamic I have right now. I'm I'm allowed to stay at uh, the Golly residence whenever I feel like it, <laughs> um, and I actually have a room there. I stole my girlfriend's room. Okay, uh, she moved back in with her sister. So uh, okay, you know that was that was kind of funny. I still laugh about it that they gave me my own room. <laughs> nice. Um, sounds like something Terry and Rachel would do. It, it does. You know, the the day that I met them, I was like, yeah, you know, we'll probably end up doing that someday, you know? Right. Uh, <laughs> no. And then, you know, obviously it's nice to still have your own, your own rooms at your own houses and stuff. But uh, just there's a lot of freedom to it. Honestly, it's, it's kind of nice. I mean, I'm looking forward to a lot of things still, like actually being able to own my own home and stuff. Oh but, yeah, uh, for sure. But, you know, until that day comes, it's nice to have options to stay wherever you feel like. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the the biggest thing, and I'm not I'm not I'm not preaching life advice or anything, but like, you know, that that one last year, like you said, 18, it gets you that extra freedom and everything. Technically, I mean, you're still kind of a kid, man. Enjoy it. Yeah. Just enjoy it, man. Just live it because then like obviously you've already got a ton of responsibility right now and everything. But then that just that just magnifies. So it's like hang out with your buddies, man. Enjoy the time that you get with them and whatnot, especially with the girlfriend and everything. Just enjoy it because then after that, you're like, I got the electric bill. I got the mortgage. I got the car payments. (laughs) Working all the time. Yeah, man. So but no, like your senior year, obviously, like you said, online school. It's a little bit of different dynamic. I was there and whatnot, but it's going to it's. Like, on it's going to be so quick. Oh, yeah. Like, honestly, this year's school has gone fast for me. Like, uh, the first quarter, uh, first semester, I should say, uh, of school, I was like, wow, we're done already. Like, I didn't I didn't expect that. I was up in Superior, I think, the weekend that the wingless sprints were up there. Okay. Uh, that Renegade series was up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I was, that was the weekend that school started for me. And that was uh, the first or second night that I ever raced that Midwest mod that I have. Okay. My most vivid memory of that day was not actually starting school. was getting my first ever interview from a guy from XR, and I was like, this is really shocking to me. I didn't think they would want to interview me over right. some of the other guys here because you got some actual talent here, not not just some guy that's uh, races with the dad from the World Outlaws. You know, just I, I was surprised they talked to me first. I mean, I only have won one race and never raced a Midwest mod, so... Mm-hmm kind of shocked by that well i mean it's i mean like you said there it's all the variables are there for a situation like that you know obviously your dad but then you picked up the one victory in the super now you're dropping now you're jumping into a, a mod and everything you're you're racing away from home i mean there's a lot of variables to that so heck yeah why, why, why not go give the kid an interview and get the background you know man you're young you're eccentric and whatnot full energy i mean heck yeah make for a good interview that's why you're here today yeah, I don't know if the full energy is the right thing to say. I, I fall asleep a lot more commonly, I think, than a lot of people realize I do. Uh, you know, my days at the shop are cut in about half just from how much I sleep. But, uh, you know, the naps under the car are the best part. Lucky. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's what's nice about having a fendered car is you can sleep under them and uh, no one will realize. That's very true. And you, you got right shade. underneath those things. Yeah, yeah we do. We do. You know, in the new shop, we have all windows in the front. So it's Ooh. super, super bright in there during the day. But at night, it's like you turn off the lights and it's like you can't see where you're going in there at all. Right. Nice. So during the day, you just lay under the car and uh, people will just try to look for you the whole day until you realize you're under one of the cars. <laughs> Jesus. I used to work with my grandpa. Now I work at this uh, little hobby store in uh, Woodbury. And I work from three to seven. So I don't get a lunch break or a dinner anymore. Okay. Now I just kind of have to sit there the whole day. <laughs> but uh my coworkers are pretty cool about it so sometimes they will just let me take a nap where i'm sitting there so they really don't care sometimes i mean i do work retail so i have to deal with customers right <laughs> give me an application yes 
<laughs> Napping and getting paid. That sounds amazing. That sounds like, man, I, I got to switch job careers. Right. Jesus. So, like you said, the senior year and whatnot, after that, are you looking college? Or are you just thinking about skipping that part? You know, schools for fools, look at me go and whatnot, and just get back into racing full time? What's the plan? You know, I've, I've kind of thought about the union, to be honest. You yes. know, just get some working for a few years, you know, while my body's still in good shape to do it. Heck yeah. Uh, make some money while I'm at it, you know, save some of that towards retirement fund and uh, just go racing after that, to be honest. Well, union you're looking at too. Honestly, I'm kind of looking at like everything is a possibility. You know, I kind of like all the things that are going on there. One of my uncles is an electrician, actually, so that would be something I'd be into for sure. Okay. No, union union trades are where to go. I'm a sheet metal worker on Local 10, so that's my full-time job besides wishing to be a podcaster full-time, which, you know, for the 10 listeners we have, that's just we need more support, guys. We need at least 12. Right. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I'm a full-time sheet metal worker, man. I actually did the sprinkler fitter union for a year before I got into sheet yeah. metal and whatnot. You can never go wrong with the trades. My dad was an electrician down in Illinois when I lived down there. It, if the, the earlier you can get in, man, the better off you're going to be. I got in late. It's still very uh, profitable and lucrative for even somebody I got in when I was 27. If you can get in right out of high school, man, you'll be sitting just fine. Yeah, like honestly, sheet metal is something that I would totally want to do. Like with, with my dad building bodies and stuff back exactly. in the day. I've always talked about bringing his uh, sheet metal shop back, but I'm definitely not at that point yet with uh, my sheet metal work. But uh, I'm getting there. Right on. But uh, once that happens, uh, the the sheet metal shop should be back open someday, I hope, hanging some bodies. So uh, hopefully someday that can happen again. But until then, just work on my own stuff and get better at it. You know, coming from a background where I've kind of, you know, hung out around all that my whole life. I mean, there was one point where my dad, I think, uh, I'd had to pull up the post to see exactly how many, but I think it was like 12 or something cars he had in his shop at one time for hanging bodies. I think it was... uh, there was at least like three sprint cars in there. I know that. So uh, my dad has uh, done some sprint car bodies back in the day. There but, you go. Uh, he actually has a uh, a micro in his shop right now that he's working on for uh, one of our buddies. Yeah, your dad was hands down one of the best body makers there was back in the day and kind of did stuff that nobody was doing well before, you know, what people are doing now. But his bodies were definitely the coolest looking. Yeah, like still to this day, I, I do truthfully think that he is still one of the best. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he doesn't do it for many people. Uh, you know, obviously, the shop's still open for people to come in if they if they need something done. Uh, I actually built something for Terry the other day uh, that was just the most simple thing I ever made in my life. My dad was like, oh, you got to do this and that. And <laughs> had to make it fancy when I was just trying to make a box for a, a belt cover for a, a snow truck. So, uh so in all reality, it didn't have to be that nice. But my dad was like, oh, "It's coming from our shop, so it has to be." So, Absolutely, right? Well, it's just like just like anybody says, anything you're building or you're working on, just take pride in your work and just build it as if you're building it for yourself. Yep, his stuff is you know top of the line when it comes to body work. I mean, there's the little little things that no one would even really care about for aero advantage. That I mean, he's sitting here figuring out for days i mean he he puts pride into his work and uh it, it definitely shows when it comes out in the end of it kind of speaking about your old man and everything let's let's turn the clocks back now we we got an idea we're we're getting ready for senior year now we're looking at the trades union you know i'm a basketball fan this is this is all lining up right now i feel like we just became best friends here <laughs> But uh, let's turn the clocks back a little bit like you're 17 years old man so those those memories are just super fresh like your your family obviously long lineage of racing and everything what what's one of those first memories of just being at the racetrack uh this can be a little bit of a weird memory i feel like 
Uh, so one night I was at Cedar Lake. Uh, my buddy Cody Almer. Uh, yep, no Cody. Yep, yep. Uh, so this was back when I was probably like four or five years old or so. We were the kids that would always sit by the sandbox and always, you know, mess around with toy cars and sit right on the edge of the toy box or the sandbox right there. That was that was us too. You'd always sit right there. I think Mike might have wore out that sandbox for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one on the back stretch. Yeah, the one okay. that was on the back stretch. Yeah, but before they moved it behind the the stands. Yep. There was this one night. Uh, this kid started like chasing us around, and I was like, and we were both super confused about it. And like five minutes later, Cody like just stops and just drops the kid to the ground. And I'm like, I looked at him and he was like, what? I wanted to get the kid away from us. And then <laughs> five minutes later, the kid comes back and he's like, yeah, I want you guys kicked out. And I was like, okay, cool. How are you guys going to kick me out though? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm four or five years old. What are you going to put me in handcuffs and get me out of here? Like, what's the deal? That's funny. And it's not even like a racing memory. It's just like a track memory. Track memory. It sticks with you because it's kind of funny. Right. You're already yep. getting 86 out of Cedar Lake Super Speedway at four years old. And honestly, there's some times where I definitely should have been to this day. Uh, <laughs> last year, uh, I kind of I'm biased to this wreck, but uh, it it happened on a restart. Cody Edmonds was right in front of me, and uh, he did not just. I mean, no no offense to Cody, he's a great racer. I I love him. He's a cool dude. Uh, but off the restart, uh, there was no throttle that was pushed between him. Uh, so I hit the brakes, and uh, I did not want the car to be. I did not want my car to be the one that was spun. So uh, I figured uh, we're almost to the flag stand and you have not hit your throttle yet. So I'm just going to go ahead and just assume that you're not going to hit it. So I drove through them a little bit. And uh, the week after that, uh, there was some uh, comments on Facebook from from some other people uh, saying daddy's money uh, to me. And uh, I thought that was pretty funny, too, to be honest. And uh, that was one moment where I thought in my head, yeah, I, I probably could have got kicked out for you know if, if definitely if i responded to those comments uh I, w- I was going to but i realized uh, at the end of the day it's kind of funny to just laugh at them rather than uh even respond to them i think always taking the higher roads always the way to go in situations like that you know just uh you know let people talk what they want to talk but you know as long as you're putting the i almost i would almost say doing the work on the track let those actions speak louder than words yeah, I went from like eighth to second that night, and if there would have been like two more laps, I would have won. I was uh, I was like four tenths faster in Rodetsky a lap, and uh, I came back from like five seconds back between passing a bunch of cars. Then uh, I almost got took out like four times in that race, and uh, still managed to finish second with a nose that was completely destroyed. Kind of a testament to how how good my dad and I have worked on that car, and uh, my crew guy Trent. We spent the whole summer getting that thing where it is, and uh, we cannot be happier with uh, where it ended up right now, to be honest. Nice. And that's the biggest thing. you got to have your car prepared and done right in the garage, so then you can have the results on the racetrack. Work in the shop week in and week out is is so important. Uh, I, the saying, uh, races are one in the shop, that's that's totally real. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not willing to put in the work, then it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I mean... You got to have a car that can at least finish the race to to even have a chance. So no, I mean if you're that's a conversation that me and Mike have all the time is you know if you're showing up to the track and still bolting stuff on and you know you know trying to get tires all prepped and still doing stuff that basically doing the work that should have been done in the shop, you're already buying the eight ball. Setup wise, we're we're really close and we you know take pride in in our setup every week. 
once you find the setup that's right and once you find uh, things that are going right for you, you know, you stick to it and uh, you keep going back to it and you keep working off of that and you keep the work going in the shop off of that setup. There was a few weeks where, uh, you know, we didn't have a good week and we just said, you know, let's just like on a Saturday night and we just said, you know, what, let's just go home. Let's not race tomorrow and tomorrow let's spend our day washing so Monday we can uh, put the car on scales and turn plates and make sure everything's good and, uh, you know, find out where we went wrong. Yeah, just kind of take, take a step back and just kind of look. Hit the reset button. Yeah. Hit the, yeah, like Mike said, hit the reset button. Oh, yeah, we've all had those those times where, you know, middle of the season or beginning of the year, end of the year, you're like, how can I have done so well? And now you're just, you can't even, you know, can't even transfer out of the heat race. Just having the bad luck. And the biggest thing is resetting, just like you said, and then it just turns your season back around. Obviously, last year we had some bad luck for uh, throughout the whole month of July. But uh, once we got that figured out, I mean, we really came back to life pretty quick. You know, we had the problem for a while still, and uh, we were still missing the setup every here and there. But uh, once we got it going and got it rolling at the end of the year, I mean, there was no time where I said to myself, like, this is totally not right. Like, we should definitely be different than this. Um, other than that Ogilvy, I've never been very good there. I got took out and put into the fence pretty hard. I literally rode the fence from uh, about three quarters of the way down the front straight all the way into turn one. So, uh, damn. Well, there's a definition of the high side. Yeah. That was the high side right there. <laughs> and the, the funny thing is, I came off the bottom of three and four. I was like three car lanes down and I got like turned, like, I, I got hooked into the wall. My mind froze for a second on what to do. So, like, I tried to turn out of it towards down the track, and I realized I probably should have turned the other direction now that I think about it. So, I could have just spun myself instead of, you know, go head first into the wall and uh, climb it. Right. And uh, I saw the the outside of the track video because someone was recording it, and she came down and showed me right after. And I was like, that is probably the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's like, <laughs> you just saw a car just coming along the wall. Like, damn. Like, you saw the whole entire underside and everything, sparks going everywhere, and I'm like, that's kind of cool. Like, for how much we broke, though, I mean, it's kind of cool, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, you basically were pulling off, like, a what a, like a skateboard trick or whatever, you know, like, where they just kind of rail ride it or whatever. That's kind of what you're doing with the Super. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of like a Ross Chastain, but except on the fence instead. Right. That, <laughs> that's what happened, except the car was just on the fence instead of, you know, in the wall, so. Through the hail melon. Right. No, so before when before you're talking about all the super stock stuff, did you race anything before the big car, or did you was did just this was like a couple of years ago was the first action in the big car? I raced a quarter midget three times. A quarter midget three times. I won one time, and uh, the next week I came out and I finished last, and I told my dad I wanted to quit because I didn't do good. Wow. Okay, so very I was competitive at about five years old. So, <laughs> <laughs> so nothing in between that and just a couple of years ago. No, like competitive racing at Cedar Lake Arena or anything. You just didn't do none of it. Nope. Other than uh, than RC car racing, no, not not at all. Okay, so you're doing. We were talking a little bit before we uh, went hot on the mics. I mean, so you just actually came from some RC racing, actually. Yeah. So uh, I work at a, a hobby store, which is also uh, an RC track. The, the class turnout was fairly big. I mean, that class is still kind of building. So uh, it was about 10 cars in the class, and uh, I took top qualifier between four qualifiers and uh, and won the thing by about a lap. So uh, I can't really complain about just, you know, getting a car set up in uh, two hours and uh, getting it out on track and, and winning the whole weekend. So you can never really complain about that. 
Gotcha. And that's um, kind of like if do you like is there like a membership deal or anything? If like anybody's got an RC car, as long as it's within regulations of the class, they can just show up and race. Yeah, as long as it's within like the regulations or like I mean, obviously there's like classes where you can kind of just like run anything as long as it's like you know something that we allow on the track. On Friday, we had a uh, 2.4 hour race, and uh, these are like battery powered, so obviously they don't last the whole entire time. Okay. Um, so is that like the deals where you see those like on the TikToks or the Instagram reels where like the car comes flying in, dude picks it up and like slaps a new battery in it or something, then they throw them all back on the track? In a sense, kind of. Uh, so what we did is uh, there's enough people for us to have a few teams of four, a few teams of three. We just switched transponders between cars. We ran different cars, just tr- different transponders. Okay. okay. So it actually worked out pretty good. Uh, my team finished second. The the first team was kind of a uh, a given that they were going to win before we even before we even started racing. Of course, they're going to be pretty quick. The all star team. Yeah, that's exactly what it was, and yep. uh, they finished with like a six hundred and thirty lap pace, and uh, we were on like a, the cl- next closest team, which was also was like a, a five ninety. So how long have you been doing the RC racing then? You know, played around with RC cars since I was little. Um, my dad's done it since uh, basically it was an idea. I mean, he has ran it since i mean that pretty much came out okay uh he's been doing it for forever uh he doesn't do it anymore uh just doesn't have time personally i've been doing it since about uh 2017 2018 or so so a few years yeah really just been getting into it more this year seeing as i i work at a place where i can also race and uh that definitely helps out now we kind of like uh, you're kind of talking about the the years there. 2020, I was looking at that's the that's when you decided to hop in the big car at the arrive and drive, correct? Yeah. So uh, that the car I have now, uh, the super stock I have now, I test drove that car that night. So I only got to make two runs in that car. Our plan was to make three or four, make sure it was right and something that we wanted to get. the The kid that owned it went out in it for one run really quick, and uh, came back in. And there was like no oil pressure in it, and they lost all the oil pressure. So they they just decided that was it for them for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my dad decided that it wasn't really fair that I only got to run two practices when uh, when I should have been able to run more than that. He uh, he looked at me after uh, one of our crew guys left that was just uh, messing around for the day, and he looked at me and he said, "You want to drive my car?" And I was like, uh, "Are you sure that about that?" And he's like, "Yeah, why not?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't want to wreck it." And he's like, "Nah, you won't wreck it. You're fine." So. Uh, I got super late model experience, my first ever day of, uh, wow. of driving a race car. Nice. So here you go, kid. That's that's uh, not a lot of things that uh, people can say. That's not one of them usually. And, right. Uh, mine is. So uh, that's very different. That's okay. pretty cool. So like, what was leading up to that before the arrive and drive and getting you laps in uh, the other car before hopping in your dad's car for the other couple of runs? Was this something that was talked about? You're like, I want to get because you said you kind of you, you, you kind of got uh, you, you quit at an early age and never really got back into it. Uh, was it something that got refired up in you? Like what what was the reasoning behind uh, getting back into it throughout 2020, uh, 2021? I uh, I was on the road with my dad every single race all the time. Uh, was the most consistent crew member of probably the World of Outlaws. I was there all the time. I was consistently working as hard as I could. And uh, at the end of the 2020 year, uh, I kind of talked to my dad a little bit, and uh, we both kind of came up with the idea of let's let's get a race car for me. You know, let's work on one and let's get one made. Uh, the first idea was a Hornet and, uh, you know, that, that obviously did not happen. The bang banger. Uh, that sounds terrible. 
yeah, it, it, the the looking around for them was the worst part. Because, you know, you got to find something that's within Wasoda rules. Right. And the Wasoda rules on those are a lot stricter than you'd think they are. I believe it. Yeah, we've heard some horror stories from some people. So yeah. it's, uh... Plus, it's some, like one of the, the most cheated up class. <laughs> so you're talking to your dad about getting into racing, and it started off with looking at a Hornet, but that was just a no-go. So what was the next step after that? Uh, my stepmom, Mel, better known as TB. I'm not going to say it because of the language. Uh, but if if you know, you know. I don't really know exactly, but someone uh, in her family races a Midwest mod. Mm-hmm. And then my dad was like, well, why don't we get you in a super stock? Like those are pretty close and they're more higher up in Wasota than Midwest mods are. So, uh, and there's a little bit less competition in them. So you can probably get pretty good in it pretty quick. And I was like, you know, that's, it sounds like a good idea to me. So uh, all the money that I had started saving uh, went towards uh, that super stock they have now. And uh, that's kind of where, where it went. Okay, so that's where you started leaning towards the super stock and everything. So then once, uh, so now we're at the arriving drive, and you you took the other car out. That didn't work out. So now the old man is like, well, "Why don't you run my car?" So what what was that experience like? You would never expect a late model. Like you'd never expect what a late model to feel like. Actually, feels like like if you were to tell me right now. Like, especially Mike, like if you were to tell me what you think a late model feels like, I can tell you exactly different because it probably does not feel like that. Right. I drove one twice. I've drove a late model twice at Cedar Lake. So it's it's crazy. And like I've drove a mod and stuff before, but just the hiking up and the rolling over and everything, it's nuts. And especially being in a super late model, too. Oh, like, yeah, that'd be wild. Like the amount of grip that they have is ridiculous. Like you wouldn't think that until you like get in it. You know, I mean, obviously that arrive and drive was, I mean, pretty slick. I mean, there was no oh, questioning yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, Nothing that's how better. it always is, you yeah. know. And mm-hmm. I'm going around there like quarter throttle. I'm like, man, like you could really give this thing if you really wanted to. Like <laughs> there is traction for days. Like you will never run out. No, that's a lot of fun, man. I, like I said, I would love to try doing it again. They're just so cool. They're fast. And I've just, I've gained more late model respect. Like I've always been a big late model fan, but, you know, I watch more and more of it and it's a, uh, it's a blast. Nope, I agree with them. Like I was sprint car, sprint car, sprint car, but now just you know getting to know more, getting to know more people in the industry that are in that field or a modified or a super stock, whatever. Man, just uh, getting to understand, you know, respect all forms of racing. But I've got gained a uh, gained a bigger interest in it. Let's just yeah. say that. Yep. Honestly, like there's a few guys too that like really made me want to race. Um, uh, Chris Madden is one of them for sure. I'm, uh, it doesn't really, you know, seem like it at the surface, but, uh, Chris Madden is definitely one of my racing idols. Like, uh, if you have like a Mount Rushmore of racers for mm-hmm. like dirt late models or dirt spring cars, like, I mean, or even just both combined, like you got to put like Scott Bloomquist in there, obviously. Bloomer, yep. I mean, you got to put Donnie Schatz in there. I mean, yep. those are the two obvious ones, but it's like. I mean, within a few years, I mean, Chris Madden will be up there. I mean, yeah. he is easily one of the best and smartest people that, you know, I personally know. And uh, his crew is so funny. They're they're amazing people to be around. Like, I truthfully enjoy them. Boom Briggs, uh, literally one of the funniest guys on the planet. Um, <laughs> I'd hope so with a name like Boom. Yeah, so I walked into his rig the other night because we were trying to find uh, Chris. Uh, he just went missing out of nowhere. So <laughs> I walked in the rig, and there is uh, uh, Super Shep, yeah. Brandon Shepard's dad. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so I walk in there. He's standing there. Then Boom's sitting there. And Chris is sitting right next to him. And then you got uh, Boom's crew. And Boom's crew is, like, the craziest, like, just oddest bunch you'll ever find. 
Nice. And uh, I walk in there and I sit down. We just sit down and the conversations they have are just great. Like you sit Just telling like old race stories or just personal like, experience? Just everything. Okay. Like, you'll sit there and it will be out racing one minute and the next it'll be like just some like random thing that you would never think would come out of someone's mouth. And like that's just <laughs> that's just how it is there. Like it's it's fun. Like the environment is like hectic during the day and very stressful, but at night when it comes down to it, everyone's still friends, everyone still gets along, but it's like you become more of a family, like in that just sort of sense. Like you, you're with them all the time, so you oh, kind of sure. get used to it. They are a great bunch of people, and I've gained some sprint car friends recently. Uh, We're not that bad. No, <laughs> no, you're really not. Uh, I mean, I used to, I, I used to be a big fan of sprint cars. Actually, uh, when I was younger, my this might come as a weird fact to you. My dad actually wanted to race sprint cars. Really? Really? Yeah. So. His whole life, he wanted to race sprint cars when he was young, and my grandparents just said no. So, uh, super stock it was for him when he was younger. And, Dang uh, it, Grandma and Grandpa. No. <laughs> they, they could have made a good racer out of that if they just let him race it, but, uh, you know. It's never too late, Brent. It's never no. too late. <laughs> you know, I, I've heard he he's wanting to race one at some point. Uh, mm, we're, interesting. You know, there's something in the works with us right now. We're trying to get ourselves into a midget, for the sh- like a shop midget, just to have around okay. and, uh, and go race. But, yeah, uh, for sure. You know, that's something that we're looking into. Yeah, but. I mean, there's we got a new series that just started up, so there's some races. Oh yeah, I mean, that's something we're looking at right now. I Perfect. Mean, we're 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 getting close. We're, we have some ideas. We got some people to talk to. Obviously, we're friends with Matt Bowles. So, I mean, yep. when you Matty B, when you're friends with him, I mean, anything's possible. When oh you're yeah, with him, that's absolutely. So yeah. I remember your dad running that super stock because I always sat in a booth when I was younger up in the front stretch. And uh, he was number eight, too. Is that why you're number eight? What's the meaning behind it? Yeah, so uh, this is kind of a long story, but it starts out with my dad. Uh, and it actually stems from RC car racing, believe it or not, okay. actually. Uh, so back in the day before transponders were a thing, uh, in RC racing, they would count your laps. Uh, like someone would count your laps for mm-hmm. you. So hand scoring, something yep, like that. Yep. A hand scoring system. And uh, his number would always end up being eight, probably because he was towards the back of the grid every time. But we're not going <laughs> to talk about that. Um <laughs> So number eight and he went with it and, uh, you know, I heard the story and I thought it was pretty funny in my RC racing. I'm usually end up in the A spot too. So I figured, you know, might as well, uh, might as well just make it my number two. I mean, it's a good number. Um, and it has some sort of significance to, uh, my family. So might as well. I mean, yep. Yep. The first time I saw you and then I knew who you were, I'm like, Oh, well, that makes sense. Cause I remember that eight superstar from way back in the day and the mod, the number on that, is uh, it's obvious it's H one, but mm-hmm. at Cedar Lake they call it B one because my dad raced it the first night. Yep, and, uh, saw that. Now that, now that kind of sticks over yep. there. I I might just change it to B one everywhere just because I think it's kind of funny that uh, that's what they call it. It's kind of cool that to get to race under the B one number Heck yeah. at Cedar Lake because it's like that has significance there. A lot of history. Yep, like a, a lot of history there. But the number is actually H one, and it's uh. It's because my grandpa wanted it to be H1. There's no significance behind it whatsoever. He just said, this is the number, and this is just what you're going to have to deal with. Just going with H1. Yep, and I was like, I'm totally cool with it. I, it's it's not my car, so I, can, I don't have a say. So well, What right. grandpa says, you know, whatever grandpa says, that's the that's what's going down. That's uh, true. I mean, if he wants it to happen, it's going to happen. So Did grandpa race? He still does. He still actually. does race. Okay. Yeah, that's what uh, I thought. I was looking at that. I was like, I had to ask. Yeah, he races the USRA late models. That's what uh, I thought. You know, he's he's pretty good for his age still. 21's your first full-time season. How did that go for you? 
uh, you know, for a first full-time season, I mean, it's, you can't really complain about it. Got my first spot five during the legendary, the second night. Uh, and that's something you definitely can't complain about. No, I mean, not I a had, night like that. I had Kurt Myers behind me the whole time. Uh, shout out to Kurt. He's a really good dude. And, uh, you know, I had him uh, behind me the whole race and a few other really good guys behind me, you know. I was kind of upset that I didn't get the transfer in, but, like, at the end of the night, you can't be mad at the fifth place finish at the Legendary. I mean, there's no. so many good cars there. I mean, you can never be mad about that. Absolutely. Biggest race of the year. Between the Legendary and the Wasoda, I mean, there's nothing bigger around here, like, right. at all. I mean, obviously, the Wasoda's huge, but, I mean, when you start, like, talking about the Legendary, I mean, that, that event has more meaning to it, I think, than the Wasoda even does at the yeah. end of the day. Yep. No, agree. So, like you said, for you, like can't really complain with your first full year and everything. You finish up that first full year in twenty one, your rookie campaign. Uh, what was the what was one of those things that you were kind of telling yourself and maybe discussing with your dad or your grandpa or somebody? Just like, okay, this is what we accomplished in twenty one. What are we looking to do here in twenty two? Just more consistency. What was the plan? Mostly, my goal was to uh, just go out and just run consistent, like top fives. I mean. It was never in my in my thought process that a win would come out of that. You know, I always thought there's always a chance if you're on in top five, especially. I mean, but I mean, once it actually happened in my head, it was like like it didn't hit me for a minute. Like until like after I got out of victory lane, I was like that actually happened. Like my home track, like my the track I grew up at, I just got my first win at. Like there's nothing better than that. No, no better feeling at all. So June fifth, yeah, picked up that first win. Cedar Lake Speedway, like you said, home track, man, nothing better. Feel it, you know, just kind of walk us through that night, man. I'm sure it was a range of emotions, and, I mean, what was that like night for you? So, I mean, obviously, my heat race was, I mean, it wasn't the most stacked heat race ever, but uh, once it came down to it, you know, I was faster than the guy in front of me. I threw a slider. It definitely was not clean at all. Uh, he ran into me a little bit, and I got into him a little bit. Ended up where he was light at the scales afterwards. Uh, I finished second in my heat race. He ended up light at the scales, so uh, it ended up in my favor anyways. Drew the one, and nice. I figured after I drew the one, I was like, this is the night. Nothing's gone wrong so far yet, and I don't think anything can with the way, way that we're going right now. So right. we just kept her pretty free and just decided that, I mean, might as well keep it wherever we can to get this thing done. I mean, and obviously we did, so... I mean, you can never complain about that. No, them are the biggest things. And like like you said, you draw that number one pill, you go back to the trailer, you're like, I got this. This is my night. And then you go out there and execute what you thought. I mean, I don't know. It's it's a great feeling. And it's like when it does happen, it's awesome. Led and, to green to checker too, correct? Yeah. So yeah, uh, I took off from, uh, from P1 and uh, I gained about a three-second lead on the whole field. I hit lap traffic twice. Okay. That whole entire race. I, uh. Once we got to, like, five to go, I was starting to get into lap traffic, and I just started pacing myself because I still had, like, a two-second lead by that point. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Rudetsky's behind me. The top is not in. There's no way you can get by me on the top. If I just keep it on the bottom and pace it so I don't get into this lap traffic right now, I should have this thing locked up. Right. That was the one time I've ever drew the one anywhere. Other than that, it's always eights on redraws. <laughs> That's awesome. That's how it works, too. Some people are so damn lucky, and they're always on the front row, and then you have, you know, the back row people. And for your case, you know, row four, it's just it's insane how that always works. Yeah. I mean, at Cedar Lake last year, I think I redrew a good – I'm going to say upwards of probably six times last year at Cedar Lake. Okay. Somewhere in that range. It, it was – every night for a few for a few months straight and i drew the one one time other than that i i think i drew the uh the five once 
Then after that, it was eight every <laughs> single weekend straight. You're just rolling up to the way station and you're just like, man, can we like just like shuffle these numbers up a little bit? Something, yep. please. Because uh, after that, uh, I walked up to the guy at the thing and I was like, did I even have the one like close to my hand? And he was like, yeah, you had your hand on the one, but you switched it for the eight. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> this happens every time everywhere. Yep. I just am. grab the first That's one. That's why I don't switch yeah. anymore. I never switch. Just go first one I see I'm grabbing. Yeah. Like yeah. if you feel like you got like three of them in there, just grab them all. Who cares? Them. Yeah. Just drop. Just drop a few of them and take it and <laughs> oh. get what you get. But on top of that too, though, I mean, like it, it, going back and looking at everything, it, the the whole it looked like the whole the family was there. Your dad was there. I mean, I, I had to make it special for you. You know, it, it looked like Victory Lane was very emotional. I mean, it, there's just nothing better, especially with you being at your age. You know, obviously your dad having the history at Cedar Lake. I mean, just just one of those moments. I mean, for a young racer, you'll never forget. It was a cool deal. I mean. I'm kind of upset that Terry and Rachel couldn't be there that night. They mm. uh, they couldn't make it that night, and that kind of sucks. But from being able to have my mom and dad there, that's something special, especially when uh, divorced parents can be happy about the same goal. That's something that definitely makes me happy. For sure. Um, and that made me very happy to see that. My grandpa was there in the stands. He didn't come down to victory lane, but he was there. No, my crew guy, Trent, and uh, Austin, my shot guy. Oh, yeah, um, we know Austin. Oh, yeah. Austin's, we know Austin. He's good shit. Oh, yeah. He's, yep. he's he's cool. He goes on the road with my dad now. Yep, uh, that's what he was saying. We have uh, we have two Austins on the crew right now. Okay. We, we've kind of been coming up with names for the second Austin, and uh, none of them really stick stuck yet. So we talking about we talking about Austin we talking about our Austin or the other so Austin the other Austin okay. so this Austin we just call Austin okay that, he's been here for long enough that he gets the title Austin okay for the uh the the new guy so we start out by calling him Lloyd which I don't know why I mean it Lloyd. Was just, that's just what we called him I don't know why like from like Dumb and Dumber yep yeah I think so okay yeah and then have you ever watched Polar Express uh a while or, ago it's or, been a while or do you know about the guy in the yellow pajamas yes. Yeah, he looks exactly like him. So we started calling him Eddie. Eddie. Cousin <laughs> Eddie. That's what we called him. <laughs> okay. That's kind of what happened. And then we started calling him a few other things. And Lloyd just kind of sticks now. Lloyd. It's kind of a cool deal to like have two Austins. Yep. Because it's like no other crew has like two guys with the exact same name. You don't know you just... who you're yelling at. Right. Yeah, like if, if my dad needs both of them, he just yells Austin and they both come running. They just both come running. Yeah, so at, at the end of the day, it, like it works out good for him. He doesn't right. really have to, have to do much. He just says Austin and they both come running. Boom, nice. right there. It's a two for one. Nice. It's a happy hour. Exactly. I mean, you can't complain with that. No, not at all. No, Austin Freer, who we know. I don't know. I just, I'll never forget it. We were at Ogilvy one time and we're all hanging out in the pits and whatnot and uh, seeing Austin there and he comes walking up. I'm like, what? Well, I was like, Gary's not racing that night or whatever. And I'm like, I was like, Austin, what the hell are you doing here, man? And he's like, I'm just here for the corn dogs. He says that to me every single night. I'm just here for the corn dogs. I'll be honest with you. That is my favorite line to say to people now, because especially (laughs) when people don't understand, it's like, I'm just here for the corn dogs. That's all he said. That's That's exactly what you say to him. I kind of make the joke to him every time I just slight like a little like so why are we here like why are you here and he's like i'm just here for the corn dogs no nope, that's what he said every time and now i use that too people are like man what are you doing here just here for the corn dogs that's man. good i'm just here for the corn dogs that's all it is that's all i say so i i attribute that to austin as well nice so austin's hilarious though like he's once, a good dude. once you go on the road with him like you don't really realize how funny he is until you have to like live with him for a few days right and i can only like, imagine then it's like Every joke comes out of the book. Like everything that you thought could be a joke is a joke. No, he's he's good. He's always been fun to hang around. Like when he was coming around with like our crew and whatnot back in the day, just to 
just a lot of fun, man. Like you said, jokes always had always had a good one liner. Oh, Didn't yeah, matter always, always. So, but uh, you pick up the win last year, and then at some point, the the modified comes into the picture, and now you're doing double duty towards you know from probably what was it mid August to the October to the end of the season, and now you're yeah. running double duty. Yeah, that sounds about right. So yeah, that Midwest mod kind of been plants at the start of the year almost. Uh, we are going to get a second super just in case something happens to the one we have now. At the end of the day, it's like we'd rather have a car that we can use than uh, mm. something that we can't. So we decided on the Midwest mod, and uh, shout out to Corey Crapser. He built the whole entire thing for us in the shop, and uh, couldn't be happier with how it turned out when we got it. The thing was absolutely beautiful when we got it, and you can never complain about a brand new race car. Ooh, never. Uh, they always look nice. There's yep. no flaws and perfections with them. Uh, he did a perfect job on that thing. I mean, there is nothing that could have looked better on it. Once we got it, put it together, uh, my dad raced it the first night, led whole thing until like the last two laps and Brady Larson got by him nice. and uh, it was kind of funny because uh, the guy that does pictures at Cedar Lake uh, tagged me in it instead of Brady oh <laughs> so I, I commented and I said you have the wrong Larson here right yeah it wasn't me uh, nice. I wish it was but uh, it was not it's kind of cool the first night I was ever uh, had a full race in that thing I finished top five and uh, I beat Jake Smith the first night I was in it, which okay. is kind of impressive seeing as he was the Wissota Point champion. Yep. That is definitely something I hope to do again. But uh, Heck yeah. once I raced against him a few more times, I realized just how good some of these guys actually are. And he is one of them that is just that good. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, he is no fraud. He is very, very fast. That was a little bit of an odd night for us. I mean, we had an MSD blocks blow up that we didn't know about until uh, we got DQ'd at KRA. That's kind of a different story. I w- well, this is kind of how it happened. There was a stack up in four at Granite City, and you know how tight Granite City is. I oh, mean, yeah. there's barely any room to get through the track there. I mean, you can barely race three wide there. Right. It's Mike's personal ATM. That's kind of what it was for me at one point, and I was just top fives there every time that I was there, but uh, now it's not going too well for me. <laughs> uh, I started on the pole one night, and I, I got stuck behind uh, Gullickson, and uh, there was just no way I was getting around him. And after that, uh, the high side came in, and none of us knew it. And uh, when I say we got, like, we literally got freight trained around the top, it was like we literally got freight trained around the top. <laughs> it's crazy how that works I sometimes. went from second to eighth in two laps. Damn. And that was just because people were on the top. Yep. And I was like, dude, how did I just get, like, passed like that so many times? Like, right. Like, did the top just get that much faster? Like, did, <laughs> did I just not know? Or, like, right? Cause, like, I had my dad, like, signaling me the whole race, like, mm. what to do. And then I then I get there and uh, he never showed me to go to the top. And I was like, after the race, I was like, why did you never tell me to go to the top? And he's like, oh, you just look like you're having fun at the bottom. So I didn't really care that much. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but that's kind of how he is. Like, my dad's cool like that. Like, he doesn't. I mean, obviously, it's not his racing deal, but mm-hmm. he just has fun with it. I mean, no, for sure. He wasn't going to probably put you in a bad situation either, you know? Like, just you're out there logging laps, getting yeah. experience under your belt and everything. So, the first night in the Midwest mod, I finished third in my heat, I think, uh, behind some pretty good drivers. So, I couldn't really complain about that. And it was a race of champions night. So, there's some pretty good drivers there for that. Yeah. Got third in my heat against a pretty good, some pretty good drivers. Came out in the feature. I started, I believe, like sixth or seventh, and uh, I worked my way up to like second for a little while. And uh, I never really knew what it was like to run the top that hard until I realized that you can really run the top that hard. Mm-hmm. 
and especially in a mod, like those things, you can just like come in wide open and they do not care. Like they'll just turn if you want them to. Yeah. B mods, when I ran them, there was a lot of fun, man. That was, I don't know. It was some of the funnest times I had at Cedar Lake, just wide open rail on the top. It doesn't get much better than that. Like no. you just sit there just wide open and you're just like straight go, as can be, go, but go. wide open. And it's like, you just fly by people and right. then the next slap, they fly right back by you. And it's right. like, like, what did I do wrong this time? Like, <laughs> Always searching. Oh, yeah, always. It's always a battle of where to be. Yep, yep, for sure. What would you say is your favorite track for the Super and the B-Mod? B-Mod? I hate Ogilvy, but I always <laughs> say it every time. Uh, B-Mods are fun at Ogilvy. Ogilvy is huge. You can race four wide there easily, right. never touch anyone. But, no, Ogilvy is great in a B-Mod. Mm-hmm. There's competition like no other there. Yep. Uh, everyone wants to win at Ogilvy. Mm. I mean... Yeah, there's a good car. Like, it tracks good. Yeah. I mean, there's good banking. I mean, it's huge. Don't get yeah. me wrong. No, it's one of my favorite places, too. But, I mean, you can never complain about going to that place. No. I mean, it's always smooth. I've only seen it rough once, and when it was rough, the ruts were big enough to lay down, and, and you would be the track would be higher than you still. Right, right. Uh, and that was the night after it rained, so that's kind of to be expected. Makes sense. And honestly, with the Super, like, any track that's really, really small and tight with the Super is fun they're long and they're narrow so it's like you can race really close like they feel like they're narrower than they actually are they're the same size as the late model like mm-hmm. width wise but when it comes to like length they're way longer when you get on a short track you can throw sliders back and forth and no one will be able to get back by you because of it like you can just have battles and no one will be able to pass you yeah it was fun i ran a super at prince and did a whole year there and that was probably, like, it didn't even matter how I did some nights. It was just so much fun. Just because it's just a small track, and like you said. I'm not the biggest fan of Proctor, but, like, when I go there with the Super, it's the funnest place you'll ever drive at. That is a fun place, too. Because it's like, you just throw the car in sideways, and if you have a car, like, below you, you're not going to get passed by someone on the bottom. And that's just how it is there. Like, that's, like, fun racing. Because, yeah. like, you can race side-by-side, side, top and bottom or middle. I mean, you can go get around there. Yeah, that is a fun place. I think we're going back to this year, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't go last year at all. Uh, we didn't really race many Sundays. I think we only raced Sundays like three or four times. Okay, I get stuff racing on Sundays sometimes. It does. Those were mostly the nights when we were just like, you know, you know, cars good, nothing wrong with it. Let's just go have some fun on Sunday. Yeah, more laps. Yep, more time under your belt and everything. Like you say, you're you're still relatively new to this, man. More laps. You can, I mean, you got to win under your belt and everything, but obviously laps, more experience and everything, just more. It's going to make you better. Personally, I think Cedar Lake's my favorite in the Super, and I, I hate to say it because it's like I'm there all the time. All my buddies even say, too, like, yeah, Cedar Lake's the best with the Super, and they run Proctor and Ashland and Superior every week. Right. And they think those tracks are the best, usually, and I'm like, dude, like... Cedar Lake's so much fun. You see some pretty darn good super stock features, or um, in pro stock features, if you're at Cedar Lake. Yeah, they started calling them super stocks recently, actually. Did like, they change the, it? The class name is still pro stock, but uh, the guy at the window, like, when I go up to him, he's like, oh, you're racing a super stock? I'm like, yep. Yep. All right. But well, no, he, they, they put on good shows there, though. I, yeah, I don't really get why. Like, I mean, everything races good there, but like, especially super stocks race good there. Yeah, no, it's it's good racing. Yeah, it's it's good racing. I guess especially if you get a night where, you know, it's kind of always the lay of land. It could have rained out somewhere, but weather's great at Cedar Lake, and all of a sudden you get a big old plethora of them coming in, and all of a sudden you got thirty of you guys, you know, at there. You know, it's it's good racing. Yep, it is. I mean, like, 
Cedar Lake has arguably one of the best track shapes and bankings for racing. There's a few tracks that could definitely like copy that and maybe make it their own way a little bit, and mm-hmm. it would still be just as good as Cedar Lake is. For like, sure. Yeah. I, I truthfully think that the banking and the size is perfect. I, I mean, I get why they have the bottom a little bit rough all the time. I mean, it makes it where other lanes are pretty fair. But, I mean, when the track isn't rough, like, anywhere, and it's just, like, just smooth, slick, you can race absolutely anywhere there and be four wide the whole night, and it will just be, like, the funnest thing you've ever done. Yeah, that place is a blast. When it's when it's prepared right, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, Cedar Lake's always a... Cedar Lake is always... It, it doesn't... It, I mean, it helps when it's 20 minutes down the road from us. Yep. <laughs> so... But uh, so what's your biggest takeaway from your 2022 season? What's the plans for uh, 2023? Uh, Honestly, my biggest takeaways are just like sometimes you just have to calm down when you're driving. Like you can't just go out and and, uh, and just be making moves at the start of the race. I mean, you have to kind of plot your race as it's happening. You can't just, you know, be there and just expect it to to all go right the way you thought it would. You just kind of have to go with the flow of it. And you just kind of have to plan your race as you go. Yeah, I mean, being mental, mentally prepared is half the battle. Yeah, It honestly is. And then looking at the lineup, seeing who's in front of you, seeing what's going on. Like, you can look at, like, you know, people look at the lineup, they're like, oh, Mike's in front of me. We know he's going to the bottom. Or this guy, he always runs the top. And knowing that stuff p- prepares you for the race. And, you know, every time you're going to finish better because you're going to get smarter and gain more experience. And I feel like at Cedar Lake recently, uh, the racing there has been way better than I think it usually has been when I go to watch it. I think especially shown at USA Nationals this year, Mm -hmm. I might be biased towards that with my dad finishing second that night. But at the same time, it's like the racing with like the supers there or the four tens there is absolutely ridiculous. You do not see that anywhere else in the country. No, No. I do put on some good super late model shows there as well. And honestly, I'm like when four tens are there, I'm a fan. I mean, there's some tracks with four tens where it's like, I don't really get it. But right. there's some tracks with four tens where it's like these things are awesome. I wish I raced one. <laughs> this yep. makes sense. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you put um, you put them on the right track. It's it's a great show for any class, honestly, really. Yeah. But Cedar Lake does a good job. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. So what's the uh what's the plans in twenty twenty three for you? Uh we haven't really got to much of it yet. My okay. crew guy and I started talking the, f- the past few weeks and uh we've just kind of been deciding on what, what to run and uh what what we really feel like is doable for us and what things we think we can achieve. Okay. Um, Wasota National Points is something that's still on the table for us. Mm-hmm. Realistically, I know it's not like it's... Uh, it's never out of the question that it could happen. I mean, realistically, we don't have the equipment that these guys like Shane Zabraski do. I mean, we don't have the new cars and the fancy stuff like they do, but I mean... The, the amount of work that's put in between us is something that I think definitely can be rivaled between others. I have a lot to learn and a lot to get better with, but at the end of the day, I mean, that's that's something we're going to strive for this year with the Super is uh, definitely a possibility of Wasota Points Championship. Heck yeah, man. That'd be awesome. So you're just going to be racing as much as you can. From what my race pace said, you got about 35 to 40 features in last year. Are you looking to do more than that in 2023? I've seen it's possible. I've seen it this year. Uh, 72 shows with the highest last year with the Superstocks. I've seen it with my own eyes. Uh, Dexton Cook did it. 71 shows. That is something to strive for right there. If, if you have the equipment and the time and the people to do it, that is something to strive for right there. And okay. that is definitely something I want to strive for if I can. Yeah, you put 70 shows in in one year. I mean, that's huge, too, because there's some people that run 25 shows a year. 
So if you're literally compact in three years worth of shows in one year, it just gets you farther ahead in the long run. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, obviously, I mean, I want to get to Cedar Lake still. It's still one of my favorite tracks to go to. But, I mean, I mean, when it comes down to it, I don't race Ogilvy enough, and I don't race Sunday tracks enough, and I only race Menominee on Fridays. I mean, those are habits that I need to stop now before it becomes too much of a habit. You know? Right. Or it's like, you know, maybe Menominee once or twice a month. Or uh, maybe we just go to Cedar Lake because the weather doesn't look good at these other places. And Cedar Lake sounds like a good time to us right now. Right. Uh, Just something that we know, you know. For sure. That we're good at. And obviously getting these tracks on Sundays. We we haven't got to a lot of them recently. I mean, that's something that we just need to do. Yeah, and if you're going to try and chase national points, you got to run as many shows as you can. Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, midweek stuff. It's, It's a gruel. I, I definitely have the crew to do it. Uh, my girlfriend, April, is going to be uh, TB2 this year. Uh, she already announced it to, to, <laughs> to everyone. So uh, so she's got a busy year already. And uh, I got my crew guy and myself. And uh, we put in a lot of work throughout the week to make sure that my cars are in a good spot. My buddy, Ty, he's kind of just getting into all of it. Uh, but he thinks it's kind of cool. And he definitely said he wants to help me out. So, uh, you know, teaching them is something that's important just to kind of keep the sport going. But at the same time, I mean, having a friend there that's willing to help you out is something that's important too at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree oh, with that. For sure, yeah. Finding finding guys that are committed and are willing to learn and be in there, you know, mo- you know, probably would say 90% of the time because obviously they got stuff going on in their lives and outside of that too, but that are committed, you know, to be in there as much as possible. I mean, it makes your life easier and just makes it makes everything go a lot smoother. It does. You know, the other day I was putting a valence on my nose when he was there. And uh, we switched bump- front bumpers out, and we were just kind of doing some stuff, just getting ready for the year, getting some spares ready. And, uh, you know, he was just asking questions about how some things work, and I was like, you know, this could really work out good for me, you know. Just having a friend around, it, at the end of the day, it helps me out to have more help at the shop. I mean, I got two cars to take care of, and I can't just neglect one for the other sometimes. I mean, I have right. to have at least one car ready for the week. Yep. And uh, if that's not a possibility, then... Uh, you know, I got to at least have my other one more ready than and for the next week than the other at some points. And some points you just need to have both ready whenever you can. Yep. Oh, yeah. You'll yeah. find that balance, get a schedule put together. All right, we're racing this one here. We're racing that one there. This is who's going to be available with me. You know, he might have something going. He might have like a, a graduation or a wedding or, you know, whatever it may be. I got a buddy that races super stocks, Jace Lean. He's best buddy right now. He is the coolest dude ever. Um, I race RC cars with them up in Ogilvy. Uh, my stuff just stays there throughout the week. It, it works out good for me. I mean, my stuff stays there. You know, we hang out for a few days and I help him on his stuff and uh, he helps me out on mine some. And at the end of the day, it's just like, it's good to have another racer there too for you, you know, because yeah. it's always important to be able to bounce some ideas off some people that are around the area. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's nothing better than that. I talked to my buddies on the phone all week long, we're talking about tire prep, doing this, should we change this? And it's uh, it's fun, man. There was a, Those are some of the great memories, too. And especially to me, it's like, uh, you know, he doesn't know as much as I do. And I don't like to put this out there in a bad way and talk highly about myself. But in a way, um, I feel like I know a lot compared yeah. to a lot of people. Been I mean, around it for so long. And, and especially going on the road. I mean, you learn more things about a race car than a lot of people could even think there is to know about a race car on the road. I'm sure. Yeah, you're seeing you're seeing 
like what your like what your dad likes to do, but like what you know, like a, a Chris Madden or a Boom Briggs or whoever else may be on the tour, you're seeing all these different tendencies and how guys go about doing things, and you're just soaking all that up as a sponge because you're so young. You know, I mean, you're just taking it all in. I mean, it could be easy enough for you to just be just one ear and out the other, but you're soaking it up. I think what definitely helped me out as like just getting my driving down for sure was when my dad uh, did Joey Miller's program. Uh, that was a really good deal for him. He kind of taught him how to drive on dirt and all that. And uh, just being able to sit there and listen to the conversations before I even like got a chance to get my hands on to something was a huge deal for me. Cause like I could put that into action, whether it be like, racing sim like i racing or just uh being able to watch it on track that is something that at the end for me was like super important just to be able to even hear it you've been around it at a very young age you're surrounded yourself with very good people and whatnot and i mean it's it's sky's the limit for you man like what's the what's the end goal like you obviously you're super young you're going into your third year race and i mean do you want to get to that national level running you know late models on a world outlaw tour do you want to keep it local i mean you want to you mean what, what's the end goal for you end goal would be national and as it stands right now uh very high chance of it happening my dad and i have talked a lot about it um uh, and a lot of the things he's doing currently are to uh be able to prepare me for being at that level whether that's in his equipment or someone else's mm-hmm. um having me to the point where I understand a lot of it and uh, I can be able to help and do maintenance work and work hard throughout the week. And uh, he can help me out with the driving and how things should work at the track. Between all those things, I mean, that's the end goal. One day I'd like to hopefully be able to get a NASCAR ride for even just like a few like few races. I mean, it's just it's something that's in every racer's mind. You know, right. you want to race yep. NASCAR at least once. Oh, I mean, for sure. Everyone thinks it's cool. Yep. I watched the trucks last year a lot more than I actually watched NASCAR. Oh yeah. Um I think the trucks are like the coolest thing ever. Sometimes they always say the racing's better on Fridays and Saturdays than it is on Sundays. Yep. You know, I've I've always been like, you know, I want to get a NASCAR ride in a truck, even if it's just for like a day. Yeah, heck you yeah. Well, it'll be fun to experience it, that's for sure. It would be. I'm not much like an asphalt racing guy myself. Like, I mean, I obviously like IMSA stuff and a lot of like, you know, road course racing. I think it's cool. At the end of the day, national level is where I want to be. Whether that is a late model, a modified sprint car, whatever that be, mm-hmm. I, I want to be at that level. Heck yeah, man. Well, and it sounds like your dad's doing a good job grooming you for the big picture. So just keep doing what you're doing. And like you said, man, the sky's the limit. And obviously, I mean, it's it's easy to just kind of say, you know, like, it's going to happen. But at the end of the day, I mean, you had to be the one that puts in the work, too. That's, oh, that's yeah. the biggest thing is a lot of people have gotten good opportunities. They don't want to put up in the work, put put the work in and then just fail miserably. I've always been the one to say, like, to especially a lot of my friends that are like, you know, I have this opportunity, but I don't know if I want to do it because it's work. And I said, like, at the end of the day, like, if this is an opportunity for something that you love, take it every time. Because, I mean, you'll work for it if you want it. Absolutely, man. No, if it's something that you want real bad, you're you're going to go get it. Right now, I'm on Weight Watchers. Uh, I kind of have been for the past few months. It works really well, actually. Uh, my dad's always told me, if you get down to a size where you can fit in my, my seat without any problems, um, no modifications to the belts, anything, if you can get in my seat, you can drive my cars. And I said... To myself, the day that he said to that to me, like, this is now my goal. I will be down to a size that I can fit in his cars and be racing his stuff whenever I want. I mean, yeah, you get that opportunity. You got to take advantage of it. 
Oh yeah, for sure. And he he gets the whole entire like you know I I want to race. I'm like one big thing is like I see my dad at the shop and I see him every day at the shop. Uh, there has not been a day uh, except for this Friday that I have not seen him at the shop or at a racetrack since he got home from Charlotte. He has even told me he was there Thanksgiving. He's there Christmas, Christmas Eve, New Year's. Yep. I mean, that is the dedication and work it takes. Yep. Yep. And like, that's a dedication and work you had to put in. Well, yep. Especially yep. at that level too. Yeah. And a lot of people just don't want to put that in, you know, and a lot of people don't have the time to put that in. Yep. But at the end of the day, I mean, if it's something you want, you'll make the time to do it. Yep. Oh. And that is something I, I always live by. If if you love something enough, you will always make time to do it. Oh, it definitely it definitely sounds like you're down the right path, man. It sounds like you you got the work ethic behind you. Your dad's setting you up pretty good. You got a good family, good crew, good friends behind you and everything, man. It is uh I I'm excited to see what you do in twenty twenty three, to be honest. I I hope to see you more in Victory Lane at Cedar Lake and we'll be down there interviewing you. I sure hope to be there and uh, get some more wins there. Obviously, I mean Cedar Lake's pretty prestigious. I mean, it's got a big name in racing. Yep. Um, my crew guy is from, uh, he's from Ohio, uh, from Wooster. He, uh, he actually grew up with, uh, with, uh, Sheldon Hoddenshield, actually. Okay. Like nice. he grew up with him. He actually was his high school bully, actually. Oh, jeez. So, uh, <laughs> so I've heard many stories about Poor Sheldon. It. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've heard many stories about it. And, uh, he just said like when I was younger, like the one place that, I always wanted to go to watch a race at Cedar Lake. He said, like, that is the one one track that if you ask anyone in the country, they will say Cedar Lake, Knoxville, or Eldora every time. Really? Yeah, That I mean, Cedar Lake's fun, and it's it's crazy that this is just our local track. You know yeah. what I mean? For other people, they want to take their vacation to come here, to come to USA Nationals or the 4th of July weekend. So it's uh, it's pretty cool to just have the track right down the road. Yeah, and it's every week for us. Yep. Like, we get to yep. be at one of the most prestigious tracks in the country every week, and uh, it doesn't seem like any of us really understand that until we really see that point of view. Right. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, in, in hindsight 2020, I mean, that's kind of where, like, where we talk about, we're like, oh, man, I I would love to go to Eldora, but we're not there every week, you know? It's just like those other tracks. It's just, we're just not seeing that because we look at it as a local level to what how we look at these other national tracks that are you know, outside of our area. So I totally get it, man. I hear that from people all the time, especially in the business that, you know, we're in. I, I hear it all, man, you get to, you get to live so close to Cedar Lake and everything. Like, man, you get to go and race every week. And, well, yeah, it's, it's Cedar Lake. Yeah, this is just normal. <laughs> yeah. It's Cedar Lake. As a driver, there's like a few tracks that I a hundred percent want to go to in my, in my racing career. Top of that list is Fairbury. There is something about that track that every single time you watch the racing there, it's like, I need to go and I want to race here. Yeah, that place looks really cool. Um, Like, I've been there in person, so I can say the track and the atmosphere there is absolutely amazing. Uh, It does not get better than that. I mean, it's so packed there, and it's literally the uh, elementary school is right next to the racetrack. (laughs) Like, that is, it's literally in the middle of Fairbury. That's pretty cool. Drop your um, kids off and go race them. Yep. And it's like, it's the coolest thing ever. Like, there is not many tracks like that where it's like, it's literally the center of the city. No, like Knoxville is and whatnot, but some of them tracks is pretty damn cool. And it's a cool environment and just the whole city takes in the racetrack, which, you know, helps the whole support, the whole track and community. 
And another thing too is like someday Knoxville is on the list. Like yeah. that is something that I think everyone can agree with. Knoxville is on the list. No yeah, matter who, what awesome. you race, Knoxville is on the list. It's historic, man. Yep. It may be the sprint car capital world, but it's it's still historic track for anything else, though. Yep. Honestly, if I were to go there, it'd be sprint car. hundred percent sprint car. I would not want to go there for anything else. Right. No, it's it's. Uh, I've seen wing sprint cars there. I've seen non-wing sprint cars there. It's uh, it's they put on a show, man. It's a it's one of those tracks where you're, it's a bucket list, and yep. I've thankfully been able to check that one off. No, Knoxville is a it's a palatial palace. Let's put it that way. Then again, Eldora, it produces racing every single time you watch it. I mean, whether it's a late model sprint car or mods, it's every time. Yep. Yeah, that puts on some of the best shows. Like I said, it has the it's the shape and banking of Cedar Lake. I mean, maybe even a little bit more than Cedar Lake banking wise. It's bigger, so it races like a half mile where there's not nearly as much racing. But at the end of the day, it still races beautifully. Like yeah, it's that's... a masterfully crafted track. Yep. Well, before we let you go, bud, you want to answer our driver to driver question? Hundred percent. So our last uh, interviewee that we had on the show was Eric Gio, driver of the number 25 uh, non-wing sprint car with the Western Renegade Sprint Car Series. And he had to answer Joris Hughes' questions. Well, now Eric has to, in turn, ask a question for our next uh, guest on the show, which just happens to be Matthew Larson today. And uh, I don't quite remember what he asked because it was so long ago. I know. I think it's racing related. And in turn, you'll answer this one, and then when we're done recording, you'll have a chance to ask somebody a question. But are you ready for the question from Mr. Gio? Yeah, I'm ready. I think I got one in mind for myself, too, now. So, All right, here we go. Let's find out what Eric has to ask Matthew. Tell us about your favorite racing movie and what drew you into it. Oh, man. Uh, there is a bunch of good racing movies out there mm-hmm. nowadays. There is so many. I forget what the movie's called now. Well, if I say the name, you know exactly who it is. Ricky Bobby. Oh, Talladega Nights. Yeah, favorite yep. movie, favorite racing movie of all time. <laughs> it is the funniest, like... There's the, some funny moments in there. That is one of the funniest racing movies ever, and I am <laughs> all about comedy movies. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just like how they basically like took NASCAR and made it look like it was just a laughing stock of motorsports. <laughs> exactly. It's so funny, though. How could you not laugh at that? Ah, man, it's just like a pancake, man. I still ain't gonna say it. <laughs> I don't think I've seen the whole movie all the way through. Oh, my God. <laughs> just a classic. Like, I'm not a big, like, Will Ferrell's put out some good movies and whatnot, like... But that one probably takes the cake. That and Step Brothers, but no, Talladega Nights, that, uh, whew, yeah, no, I remember seeing that in theaters. Holy shit. I don't even think you were bored. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I was either, to Jesus. be honest with you. Uh, Unreal. But, like, I know people that don't like racing that like that movie because they think it's so funny. Yeah. How could you not like that movie? I mean, at that point, it's not really a racing movie anymore. It's more of, like, a, a comedy. It is. Yep. It but, is. It, it has racing involved, so it technically is a racing movie. No, it, it's got the best of both worlds, man. I mean, just like, yeah, we're going to go for a nice, classy dinner. Applebee's. Yeah. <laughs> that is classy, though, to my standards. So. <laughs> but before, yeah, before, make sure you uh, think up of a question. We'll make sure we'll get that recorded for our next guest. Don't say it now. We don't want to give it out. They don't give them a heads I, up I if they listen. I won't give it out. So, but yeah, our, our uh, RTS driver-to-driver question, Mr. Eric Yeo to Matthew Larson. You yep. ever thought about driving a sprint car? You want to drive one? I do kind of want to drive one. My mom always tells me no, but, <laughs> you know, there's a day where my mom won't be able to say no to me, so... Uh, one more year. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there, there'll be a day where I do. Give us a call. 
Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I've actually got an offer to uh, to drive Vbrox sprint car at the arrive and drive for a day. Okay. Uh, I I've kind of passed it up. I had some other things I was doing that day. Should have done it, man. I should have. I I was uh, actually racing that day, so I passed okay. it up. But. Gotcha. Uh, but if that offer ever comes up again, there is no way you're passing that one up. No, I'm sure we could set you up in something. I'm sure we could make it happen. Oh yeah. So I don't even care if it's like a wing or a wingless at this point. Like my my girlfriend April is always like, oh, if you race a sprint car, it's got to be wing because or else I I won't let you race it. I'm like, eh, <laughs> you don't really have the choice of what I race at this point. Oh so. man, already laying down the law. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> right on, buddy. Well, yeah. If you ever want to, you ever want to drive a sprint car, just give us a call. We'll hook you up. Oh yeah, maybe a few times this year. <laughs> it, it'll, it'll happen. Right on, buddy. Well, you want to give anybody some shout outs, some sponsors, family members, or you want to give anybody some. Uh, give somebody uh, some shout outs yeah uh first obviously I'd like to thank my dad uh he definitely makes this possible for me uh makes my dream a reality i'd like to thank my mom and uh my sister they both support me a lot in what i do and um they're just really good people um i can't really say anything bad about those two right. i mean i grew up around them so i mean there's memories that are bad and good but they support me no matter what i gotta thank my grandpa and grandma they are honestly some of the coolest people ever they might be in their 70s, but they uh, they make my dreams happen, and there's not much more you can ask for from your grandparents but that. I'd like to thank Hanko, um, my grandpa's business. Uh, they've been on a little bit of a down streak recently, but uh, you know, I'm trying to, to help them out and get them back out of there. Any of your uh, your Motul needs, uh, definitely come through Hanko. Uh, tire distributor for like four-wheelers and trailers and all that Um you know, they have a lot of cool things there. Uh, go check them out if, uh, you know, there's something that you think you need. Uh, they probably have something around it. Northern Fitness Solutions, Brian, uh, he's a cool dude. Uh, check them out. Uh, he does a lot of good stuff for uh, fitness repair and um, fitness-related things. Olsen Carriers, uh, Tom up there, great dude. Sponsored my dad when he used to race around here. Um, can't complain having to sponsor my dad had. Uh, good right. relationship right off the bat. GT Transport, obviously, Terry came on last year, and uh, the amount of money and work that he put into my stuff was ridiculous. I've never had a sponsor put that much time and effort into me, and I cannot thank him enough for that. Nick Wimpress, my uh, my mom's realtor, he is literally the most down-to-earth, chillest guy I've ever met in my life. He is super funny, too. We have uh, a pizza cutter in our house that uh, he branded. So uh, it's now the uh, Nick Wimperus pizza cutter. <laughs> so uh, well, this nice. is mine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I can't thank those guys enough. Um, they really make this whole deal happen. Um, I can't thank my girlfriend April enough too for uh, supporting me and helping me out whenever I need it. Those are guys that make this thing happen for me and make it a reality. Um, so I can't really thank them enough. Heck yeah, man! Absolutely no. It takes a uh, it takes a village, family, friends. Crew, sponsors, you name it, make the wheels go around and around on this thing we like to call uh, racing that we like to do on the weekends here in the summertime. But uh, I'm really glad we ran into each other in the parking lot, man, last weekend. Glad we were able to get you here into the Lightspeed Equipment Studios here on the RTS podcast. Looking for big things in 2023 and the rest of your racing career as well, man, and uh, racing at Cedar Lake in 2023. So thank you for swinging by the the studio tonight. It's been a blast, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Uh, it's been a really good time just sitting here and talking with you guys. Uh, always a good time to get to talk to some new faces and uh, learn things about some people. Uh, always a good time. So thank you. Can't thank 
Matthew enough for swinging by the Lightspeed Equipment Studios the other day and uh, hanging out with Mike and myself and talking a little racing, talking a little RC car racing, talking a little Timberwolves. You know, yeah. we, we kind of touched it all, man. We did, and then I, you guys have a great music taste. You know, you guys love the same music, so <laughs> it was uh, it was nice to meet him and get to know him. And he's, uh, I mean, he's already picked up one win, and you know, it just like the sky's the limit. Just keep moving up and keep doing what he's doing, and bigger and better things will eventually happen. No, absolutely, man. I agree with you hundred uh, percent. Yeah, like Mike hit on, we uh, we were kind of chit chatting after the uh, podcast was uh, we were done recording, and. Uh, um, it says on his my race pass something about like what it's asking what his favorite song is and it was by the Goo Goo Dolls, mm. which I was totally caught off guard by because he's seventeen, right? You know, and that just spurred a, a a music conversation, and all of a sudden it just turned out that we have a, really a common interest in a lot of bands, a lot, no, a it, lot of unheard bands that I've never heard of, and you guys are like, oh, I love this song, this is a great album, this was the best, I saw these guys, it was kind of weird. What do you mean it was weird? Just because know. you don't know your favorite, the, the name of your, the singer to your favorite song, or That's, even maybe the name of your favorite song. I don't know. It's very true. It's like me. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, oh, have you heard this song? It's like, nope. Then you hear it, and it's like, dude, I know every word of this song. So you <laughs> literally could be listening to radio and be like, Mike, have you ever heard this song? I think I heard it. What is this, Lincoln Park? Not even close. <laughs> is it Eminem? No. It's Simple Plan. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was it was it was a ton of fun. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing him back at the track at Cedar Lake and seeing him running around there. You know, knowing now that you know, obviously we know Cody Emmons really well and everything. Those two raced together. A couple of Radetzky and them guys. Superstocks always put on a great time, a great show at Cedar Lake. Yep, it, one I'm, of the best. It's 31 days. I don't see it happening, but sign me up for a Superstock feature, man. Man, I can't wait. But no, huge thank you to Matthew for swinging by the studio, and uh, it, it was a great time, and we're looking forward to seeing you out on the track in 2023. Yeah, good luck. That's going to wrap it up here. RTS, episode 88, the the Dale Jr., the the Daryl Waltrip, the, what did you say, Freddie Raymer? Dude, the double Kyle Busch. Isn't, uh, who's running the 80? Is that one of the McCarl kids running the 80? Austin? Yeah, Austin's in the red 88 now at Knoxville. What is he, the big unit? Yep. Want to definitely give some shout outs to our sponsors as well. Mueller Jewelers, DK Designs, TCB Speed North, JJ's Outpost Bar and Grill, QualityFreightRate.com, Lightspeed Equipment, Pretty Polished Junkie, the Fast Factory Foundation, Racing Today, Taylor Jillian Photography, and of course our presenting sponsor, GT Transport LLC. Thank you guys so much. And if you want to go back and listen to the other 87 episodes of this disaster we call the RTS Podcast to make your ears bleed, you can find us on Google iHeartRadio, Apple, and Spotify, or on your favorite podcast platforms. No unorthodox this week. I'm going to go cheer on my nephew at the state uh, high school boys state hockey tournament as him and Hill Murray won their section finals last week against Gentry and are moving on to the big show, baby. Nice. That'll be cool. Let's go, Hill Murray. Let's go, Pioneers. Yeah. Number 20, man. He hit that game winner. Uh, or it wasn't a game winner. It was an empty netter to seal it. Nice. So damn proud of the kid, dude. That's so cool. It was so awesome. So, yeah, going to be down at the X on Thursday. And, uh, yeah, going to go cheer him on. So, no unorthodox this week. We're, we're keeping it simple. So, just uh, hang tight. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this one. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah.